Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Out of the gates, ready to go. Wednesday edition, Outkick 360 from 6th and Peabody. Our home studio with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. The crew is back. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kaharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Plenty to get to today. Dan Dockich will join the show. That's an hour number two. Looking forward to our weekly chat with Dan. Plus primary complaint in 45 minutes and a lot of NFL discussion throughout. Coming up. We'll get into the Styles Clash that's going on right now in the AFC. Details on that. But first, guys, what's up? PK, welcome back. Boys, are, are we back? I feel like we're back. It feels like we're, we're back. back. I think we're I back. I know I'm back. I feel like we're back. After a day out. I feel like we're back. I also was adjusting my headset as we went on air, and I happened to catch this odd mix of Hutton's powerful voice, <laughs> both in my headset and in the studio at the same time. Well, that do and uh, I don't think my eardrum will ever be the same. <laughs> I thought you were going to say. I, I'm going to go straight to some sort of hearing center right after that because something happened. Uh, with that. It, was a, it was a thunderous collision <laughs> of Hutton's voice off these off brick walls here. These are wood walls. <laughs> I'm going to need to set up an appointment for 2.30 p.m. <laughs> Central Time right after our show would. starts tomorrow. Um, but yeah, it was very, uh, it was a, like I said, it was a thunderous roar that I heard from both off the, the brick walls and in the headphones. Of Hutton, uh, I thought you opening. You the said show. you were touching your headphones and you caught, and I thought you were going to say you caught your finger in that gap, which I've done a couple times, and you could really pinch yourself in there. That'll get you. It it hurts. That'll get you. Yeah, Paul, we, how, how we was, clearly are athletes at the height of our abilities. We're right. talking about you can really pinch yourself with this head, yeah, headphone that's over dangerous. here. Dangerous. A lot of danger around these parts. <laughs> how was dangerous. the Pro Football Hall of Fame selection yesterday? Um, it was really excellent. I think probably the I think it was my eighth meeting, and I I think I would call it the best. I'm always wary of recency bias. Um, <clears throat> it was fast uh, in that, like it never felt like we were lagging. And uh, I thought the presentations uh, just wall to wall were excellent. I was really moved on a couple of guys that I didn't think, you know, were going to wind up being contenders for me who were really contenders for me after the presentation and the ensuing discussion. And when we got to the point to cut from 15 to 10, I uh, usually there are a couple easy guys for me to cross off. And yesterday I really only had an easy time crossing one off. Not that I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, just that he's early in his candidacy. And I thought, well, you know, in the pecking order of all of this and the timing, certainly he doesn't, he, he doesn't need to be top 10 now. Um, and a second one. So one and a half, I had an easy time with after that, it was really uh, a struggle. And I think the whole room, there's kind of some time for chit chat after the vote goes through while you're waiting. And that was kind of what the whole room consensus. was conveying. Like, well, no, there was a consensus that we were struggling. 
That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah to, to, to cut it down. Um, so uh, it, it was a lot of fun. And I think anytime now you go into something like my old 22 at my website has this ability, they've all become friends and the conversation is very civil. And so, you know, there were some arguments about some issues, but it's incredibly civil. And because there's so much lack of civil discord in so many ways, you know, that I, when I tweet about a guy not being productive, it turns into a huge brawl. Yeah. It's really uh, something refreshing when you participate in a day-long meeting with 48 other people, and it's absolutely civil. And you have no idea how the results turned out, right? I actually do. Oh, you do know? Yeah. So why, why are so many uh, selectors saying they won't know? They'll find out with the rest of us, including Peter King. Uh, Peter King, yeah, said, I'll find out when everyone else does. Well, maybe I shouldn't have just said <laughs> that. They're all saying they don't all, know, but they know. All playing dumb. Yeah, okay, so they know. You didn't, are, are you, the, you didn't get the memo on playing dumb and lying to your are audience? Are you pleased with your uh, I'm, selections? I, we're versus, obviously bound to not say Of it. course. But are you pleased with your selections versus what you know is the case? I'm pleased with everything about it. Okay. So he... Well, you... That's good news. You used the word moved, and I, I, this brought this question to me. Um, when you say moved, do you mean moved from an opinion on someone or moved emotionally? And I asked Paul because how often do people go up there and almost try to tug at the heartstrings with the candidate they're presenting and talk about the full story of the person, the player, everything else, as opposed to just reading off a bunch of stats? Um, it's not much of an emotional thing very often. I can't recall an instance of that yesterday. No, I was. I mean, moved. I can see John McClain making some people cry in his presentation. <laughs> yeah. Well, the stories he could tell. Going last yesterday, I was moved. I was moved by the packaging of of uh, you know a player's story, uh, on field story, uh, playing career story, um, and, and that's what you judge I, them on, right? You're supposed to yes. not do. You're not supposed to take anything off the field, right? Good or bad, right? But uh, the way people choose to form and package and present. Um, and some things, you know, while you do your homework on these guys and you understand uh, the breadth, breadth and depth of their careers, um, then all of a sudden, over the course of five or six minutes, you hear it uh, in a new way. And I think you can be like, whoa, I had, you know, now that you put it, now that you put it that way, Chad, that is really uh Framing it in a way that I had not considered. In the word moved made me think about that. When you said I was moved on them, I'm thinking, are you moved emotionally by someone's story or you moved your position no, on I'm someone being like Hall of Famer? A, 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 if I had sat down and put down what I thought my 15 would look like, it looks different after I hear these presentations, a couple guys shuffle. One guy in particular for me shuffled big. And we'll know so the he, results on, on NFL honors. Well, now. here's the tweet from Peter King. That's why we asked the question if you know or not. Uh, yesterday, uh, this was 21 hours ago, he said the seven-hour, 26-minute Pro Football Hall of Fame selection meeting for 2022 has ended. Really interesting meeting conducted by Zoom. We'll know the final results when you do on Thursday, February 10th. Well, I, I, I don't technically know the results. You vote thumbs up or thumbs down on candidates at the end, and you don't know the results of those thumbs up and thumbs down. But you can see each other on Zoom. 
No, but you you you're, you're not voting thumb physically thumbs up or thumbs down. You oh, get an okay. online ballot where you're voting thumbs up and thumbs down. I don't know the results of those thumbs up and thumbs I, down. I, now I'm really interested to see if anyone goes you know full Commodus from Gladiator on, oh, on yeah. someone halfway. on the Zoom meeting. You see them with the thumbs Based up on the chance. in the middle, and they're halfway, and they just go down. <laughs> Sorry, Tony Baselli. <laughs> <laughs> GTFO. Coming up, we'll get into uh, the coaching search updates uh, across Kidding, the Tony, NFL. Of course, uh, we have uh, dockets today uh, in about an hour from now, uh, and we get into a discussion on Ryan Tannehill versus the other quarterbacks in these playoffs. I'll be able uh, to tell hour you number three. Uh, these this specific guy, I can tell you, and and get into further discussion of of the ten and the five when it's revealed at uh, the day after NFL Honors. So the Friday before the Super Bowl, we can have a much more thorough discussion of all of this. Derrick Henry spoke uh, to the media here uh, for the first time in about 12 weeks. It was the prior to the game in Indianapolis on Halloween that he last spoke, and I, I brought it up a couple weeks ago and, and put it out last night. It, it's rare to have a superstar in any realm of entertainment or sports uh, stay quiet and go radio silent nowadays, and Henry did it. Today was the first day we've heard from him publicly. Other than him getting the Walter Payton Man of the Year uh, nomination from his team, the first time we've seen him, I mean, even in the offseason, whenever he was training, there were videos surfacing of the weight room and running and everything else. And I would find it extremely difficult, especially if you're on schedule, not to let people know that, that you're on schedule with everyone asking these questions. He did it. He, he Radio silent until today. Paul, you're out there. What did he have to he say? He said, you know, you missed me. I know you missed me, Paul, right, at, right out of the gate, which was a nice greeting. He uh, upbeat. Look good, all of that. I should mention, this is a break. No one who coming off of IR before the official move, the official transaction, has spoken. So for all the guys that they've had on IR this year, you've never heard from uh, uh, any of them until after they've played because the move is made the day before the game when there's no media availability, and then you don't talk to him until after he plays. This was a break from that. I'll run through everything he said, and we'll talk about it as we go. He said, for two and a half months, I didn't do anything. So right now, he considers himself getting acclimated to, to everything. He was the team's biggest cheerleader, um, rooting for them as they went. Uh, um, glad to be able to get through it. Um, you appreciate things more when they're taken away, so he's so happy to, to be back. He had pads on yesterday to get some contact. I uh, said I appreciated the guys who participated in that. You know, they assign usually some some second tier linebackers. I don't know. Sometimes it's been it's been bigger. Uh, they needed somebody to hit somebody. Maybe Julio Jones when he returned, and David Long was one of them back then. That's called knocking the rust off. Playing against Houston is not. Yeah. What they did yesterday. That that was exactly why they put the pads right. on. And said he, he felt good with that. Um, special thank yous he gave to the trainers. This is a really good one. To his girlfriend who drove him to the facility for five weeks while he could not drive. So she became uh, a cab driver. And I guess he didn't want an Uber uh, for the very reason you're talking about. So that the Uber driver wasn't talking about. Whatever's going on. Derek Henry being dropped off at the facility or picked up at the facility every day. Uh, trainers, his girlfriend, and all the people who wrote him get well letters, which he mentioned twice. So Titans fans were determined to keep his spirits up and delivering him a lot of mail, which it sounds like he looked at pretty well. 
um, asked about, you know, the wear and tear of this injury and, and uh, you know, this finally being something that cracked him after all of the load. He said, you know, he's not worried about that, that football's a game of injuries and it's just the way it goes. Um, you know, learn to appreciate the journey of all of this. I asked, you know, what do you feel? Do you feel a difference between your left and right foot at, at this point in time? He said, I have a big steel plate in my right foot. That's the difference between my feet right now. Um, it's interesting what you bring up about how he just went completely off the radar and just radio silent throughout this whole thing. Uh, not only the ability to do that, how many professional athletes would want to do that? And not give well, some right. sort of update, or not talk to someone, or not do something. And I think that, it's that becoming, speaks a lot about Derrick Henry I, and sort of his persona. I think also that he would want to not say a word until he's back. I don't think it's that rare in in season, off season. The kind of things you're talking about, guys definitely tend to put out a video of their progress. You know, a box jump or whatever. In season, teams are more in control because it's their trainers guys are working with not off-site trainers and stuff. I don't think it's as rare in season that guys go s- silent because the team has more of a hand in it um, if, if you're working out. Well, it's not even – I'm not even saying addressing the injury. The guy didn't – I mean, to my knowledge, there's just nothing out there. You yeah, know, right. Russell Wilson goes on IR with, a, with his finger injury, and you're hearing from him. You know, he's, he's visible. He's the best player on the team, and you haven't heard from him in – Two and a half months, and I don't even know if anyone really tried to talk to him. He didn't want to get into workload, you know, said whatever I can do to help. Very complimentary of Cincinnati's defense, uh, run defense, and their penetrators. Um, I asked him about the first hit on it, you know, because to me that that's a big concern, you know, a, a big hurdle to clear. Most people it is, and he just talked about that big plate in it. And he said, Paul, all these questions, I'm not really focused on that. I'm just ready to go out there and play. Uh, if you fo- focus on all of that, you're not going to be yourself. Asked about being fresh. He said, I think anybody that hadn't played in two months would feel good about their body. Um, uh, what doesn't break you makes you. Uh, heard from teammates every day. Uh, definitely shocking when it happened, uh, but was quick to get to the well. I can't do anything now. I have the surgery. I'll start the recovery pro- process and get back as soon as I can. Talked about the number one seed being a big opportunity. They've got to stay focused. Uh, I asked about last year. He said, you know, I'm not thinking about it at all, but we definitely have to do the right things this year so that what happened to him last year doesn't happen again. All pretty standard fare. There's some opinion out there that Derrick Henry should just look out for old number one and shut it down and not try to play in this game and get ready for next season and all of that. Of course we're past that. But there's still people think that he should do that. I applaud Derrick Henry trying to get back and help his team in the playoffs to try to win a Super Bowl, just like I applaud Matt Corral for playing for his team uh, in the Sugar Bowl. Um, One thing that was interesting, though, we talked to uh, Dr. David Chow, pro football doc, yesterday about this, and I just asked him, I said, you're the doctor, what is the risk? Because people are saying, don't risk it, don't risk it. And he said, basically, as a doctor, if I'm advising Derrick Henry and saying, if you don't want to hurt that injury or hurt that foot, you need to lose weight and stop playing football. I mean, it's really that you, he's not going to do that, right. though. So there's always a risk that it could re-injure like anything else, but there's no greater risk. You're going to find out sometime or another. If you go out there and you get hurt, then you got to 
deal with it, and you got an off season to deal with it and come back next year. So it really doesn't matter. But I found that answer interesting that, well, if you don't want to hurt your foot in that way, it's a stress fracture. So the best thing to do is not have wear and tear on it and lose weight. That's what a doctor would recommend you do if you didn't want to hurt your foot again. I mean, I think the mindset is, uh, you know, and I would go the other way, but I'm not Derrick Henry. Uh, You know, you've got a, a finite career with finite opportunities. Your team's set up in glorious position. You're three games away from the coveted prize. There's no guarantee you get in that proximity again. Uh, and if the doctor's saying you're good to go, then, you know, uh, he's not a guy that hesitates. Uh, he was at the beginning of his career, right? We talked about him hesitating and why is he hesitating. But then he evolved into a back that doesn't hesitate. And but he's not hesitating with this. This is, this is the, the carrot that you chase, and he wants to go chase it with his guys. Well, well and, take, and put this into perspective, just Derrick Henry in all of sports, too. I can think of plenty of talented athletes that we would remember that may make that business decision not to try to come back and play in this playoff game and get ready for next year or get ready for the next contract. I can't think of a single great player in any sport that would make that decision. And if Derrick Henry is one of the great players in this sport, and he is, he is a future Pro Football Hall of Famer. I believe that. This is the decision Pro Football Hall of Famers make. And he said, this the is what I want to do. The truly great ones make this decision. He said, not this, the business decision. This is what I want to do since I was five is one of the things he said. That's that's great. Yeah, it's a, it's a that was going to mention like tying in the Pro Football Hall of Fame discussion. If you're in that discussion, you're playing. You know, it, you're you're going for the titles. You're going for greatness. You're not sitting out and continuing to watch this happen. There's a lot of discussion um amongst the, the I I refer to them as the DVOA guys. Um uh, the the analytics uh NFL community that are trying to pinpoint like Deontay Foreman versus Henry. The math posse. Yeah. Um, it's just, I, I, I laugh at it because there is, a, there is a difference in that mentality. You know, one guy that they're trying to compare him to is on the street in week nine that no team wanted, even on their 90-man roster, uh, or what is it, the 63, 64-man roster if you combine the practice squads. There's roughly 70 now. Deontay Foreman and Dontrell Hilliard on the, on the street. They went out and signed Adrian Peterson during all that, too, because they weren't sure on Foreman. Six, uh, 69, I think. And the idea that Henry's not better than them is laughable because they're just going by the strict whatever um, numbers yeah, on a street and not the putting the, the details behind it because they're comparing stat for stat. And those are the same people that are trying to tout Jonathan Taylor as MVP of the league when Deontay Foreman had roughly 50 less carries from week 12 to the end of the regular season and had 200 less yards than their so-called most valuable player up in Indianapolis. Well, just wait until you see the reaction of Derrick Henry's teammates and Titans fans on Saturday afternoon, evening, when he enters that game, and then tell me there's no big difference between Deontay Foreman trotting out into that huddle and Derrick Henry. There's a difference. Just like I'm sure a lot of the, the math people, analytics, but they're very smart people. Uh, there is a difference between a very smart person like that and uh, Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. There's a separation. There's a greatness factor. And some have it, some don't. Some don't want to pursue it. I applaud Derrick Henry for pers- pursuing this season and this opportunity, regardless of what happens in this game or what happens for the Titans. I appreciate that with anyone that they're going for it. Paul, you, much like you with the Rams. 
You like that mentality, the go-for-it mentality. Go get a proven guy. Don't always rely on the draft. You want to see that succeed. I'm with you on that. I'm never going to fault someone for going for going for the bundle, as we like to say, going for it all. Never going to fault them for that. I like where they are, but I keep circling back to a place of doubt, and we've got a lot of time to talk about this time and this team, and I'll, I'll hit on some of those things later. Well, they're coming up, there, there is a distinct difference between the Titans and other playoff teams, and, and we'll get into it, but it also points to Henry's return. That's next on OutKick 360. There is a distinct clash of styles between the Titans and the remaining AFC teams in the postseason, and we can even take it a step further and look at the NFC as well. Welcome back to OutKick 360. Across the OutKick network from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Guys, first glance, first reason, um, on a list of reasons why each team would make the Super Bowl, reach the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl. Um, and again, just first Obvious observation, this is not a trick question, but an exercise. Chad, the Chiefs will win the Super Bowl because of... Patrick Mahomes. And... Travis Kelsey. Yeah, or Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Right? Paul, the Bengals reach the Super Bowl if... Joe Burrow keeps doing what he's been doing. Yeah, and and to Chase, right? That duo. And then you have the Bills which is obvious there to Josh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen and Diggs. And the Titans win the Super Bowl if... Derrick Henry returns to form. That's it. That, that, that in and of itself explains the mentality of the Tennessee Titans versus the rest of the AFC. Yep. That's it. And that's why the return is so important. That's why Deontay Foreman can't do what Derrick Henry does. I think it's a little scary, too, because uh, they're the outliers, which is fine. You can win that way. But... The league now is quarterback-driven. And out of the three teams you just mentioned, Ryan Tannehill is a distinct fourth. And we get, we're get we going to get to a big topic on Tannehill today. but And this will kind of tie into it. But the... By the it, way, if you did this in the NFC... In the NFC, there's... There, it's pretty much the same. Except for San Francisco. It's San Francisco. And maybe just because of right now with Tampa, you would say right now, if Leonard Fournette comes back and can help Tom Brady... But, that yeah, would but be it, the one possible. But it's Brady even, and Mike Evans. Yeah, to e- start with. Even with San Francisco, Garoppolo has been to a Super Bowl. He's played well sure. enough to, to right. take a team to a Super Bowl. That's, that's a little bit of a differentiator. But the, but the overriding, like, obvious of the team. styles clash is the, the running back versus the rest of the, the, the group. Now, they, they have other pieces, and it's not just about Derrick Henry. Defense. But to Front reach, to reach the, the pinnacle of what they're aiming at, they've got to have him. And they, we were discussing this with, with pro football doc, Dr. David Chow, and Paul, you alerted us to the video that he put out earlier this week. But he, he's saying, like, look, it's, it's going to be a split situation based on his observation between Henry and Foreman. And that, that's fine, too. In all of this, because in in this injury flux situation, they have found a very capable backup to Henry. Um, but I, I'm fascinated by what Henry can bring right out of the gate, because if he's close to that King Henry status, they are back to being exactly who they thought they were prior to the injury. And, well, and they're still on pace for it. But I think we all agree, they're, they're not reaching their full potential without this guy. Here's the difficulty, too, in this split 
case with Foreman. Look, Foreman's been very good. We all agree. Yeah. And Henry, at his best, is you know as as good as it gets. But if you get into a thing where you're using both of them, which I'm imagining is what you have to do, you get into this dynamic that the Titans haven't had with Derrick Henry. When do you take him on? When do you take him? Oh, why are you going away from him now? The rhythm's good. Oh, why? If you just oh, he's just getting warmed up now, and you're taking him off. He's due to pop one. Oh, you're running him too much up the middle. You're running the other guy too much up the all this stuff that never mind us debating and everything. Do down does Downing have a plan for that? Do, do Downing and Vrabel, what's the what's the model going in? When do you deviate from it? How do the Bengals react to it? All these variables and elements that when Derrick Henry is himself, no surgically repaired foot in the equation are not questions they ask at all that are asked by most teams around the league because workhorse lead running backs with huge workloads, how many we can name them on one hand, Jonathan Taylor is approaching that, but even Nick Chubb, who's one of the best backs in the league doesn't get that kind of, you know, and, and I'm, I, Derek work, Derek Henry's workload, let's say it's otherworldly, but I'm talking like a, a regular bell cow back doesn't, get most of these questions. And if, if it's a Henry Foreman split, I think Sunday, Saturday afternoon, you and I will be texting each other in the press box. Why here? Why now? Why not now? Why not here? Yeah, and I, I don't know how... I'm trying to think about how I would go about trying to determine that. I, they, they're working through that in practice, but I think the extra week really allows you a little leeway to play him more than what you maybe would have couple weeks ago well, if you had to win and get in or it's wild not a freshness week. thing like you said he, yeah he's i mean fresh I, as can be and and the cincinnati Bengals are coming in with some backups that'll be in starting roles up front on their defensive and, line i, I mean i, I would I think, Vrabel believes in him I'm, I'm starting to think we'll see more than i initially expected but it's all about how how does he react to it i think it's very simple and we're gonna know and the titans coaching staff's gonna know and derrick henry's gonna know if he is close to 100 percent and effective, they are going to run Derrick Henry because they are built around running Derrick Henry. If he's not, you're going to see more Deontay Foreman. I, I think by the way that the carries are split and by the effectiveness of Henry, we're, we're all going to know. It's, it's going to take five to seven carries, and we're going to say after those five to seven carries, okay, something looks a little off, something looks a little different, or pretty good, or great. Series or two. He's exactly the same. And then you're going to continue to ride Derrick Henry for as long as this playoff run can last for the Titans. See, I, I don't think he comes back as a part-time player. I think he's coming back to be the guy. That That's the mentality I think he brings brings back. If we're going to say, you know, a, a, a championship mentality, a, a great player mentality, Hall of Fame mentality, that type of guy isn't coming back to split reps with a backup. No, well, and but my, if my, it's all he could do, it's not. It's not. Yeah, it's not his decision. And that what I'm talking about is not a Derrick Henry decision. I'm saying Todd Downey, Mike Vrabel, well, see Derrick Henry and but say, it is physically right now. You're not as good as Deontay. But Foreman. it is a Derrick Henry decision. They told us that because the dude broke his foot and they left him in the game because he wanted to stay in the game. 
Well, they didn't know it was broken, but it was bad. You're right. I'm but saying, if it's, but, if, but if, if, it's, if he's bad, if he Vrabel shows said he bad. addressed Henry on the sideline about keeping him in. Like, if Henry wants to play, I think they're going to put him out there. Yeah, but if he can't run, they're not going to. At least I would pray they wouldn't because it hurts the team. I'm not even talking about Derrick Henry right now. I'm talking about if, well, he's, not, if he's 50%, you play Deontay Foreman because Deontay he's Foreman not 50%, is better than 50%. Though. No. Not but at I'm the saying start. if he gets out there and hurts himself, we're going to know because we're going to watch with our eyes and see that he's clearly not right when he runs the football. And if that's the case, I'd pray the Titans coaching staff is smart enough not to just say, all right, Derek, you say you want to keep going with a broken foot. Go ahead. Uh, run us right out of the playoffs. Get minus two yards every carry if you'd like. It's your decision. That's what I'm saying. That They're going to know. We're going to know. And I think he's going to be fine. I think that he's had the allotted time to recover from this. I think he's almost superhuman to begin with. And this is the normal time for anyone to come back from this injury. So I, I'm he's, expecting he's him to be full time, go. You know, because uh, we had Chow on yesterday, and he told us it's normally yeah, I'm eight to nine I'm expecting him to be weeks. full go in this game. He's well, he's well past that. What did, what did Chow say? Like, what's, what's his expectation? Because when he looked at that uh, on that video, he was seeing some difference between no, right, he, right and left. He says uh, for the first game, he's not going to be surprised if they split carries between Foreman and Henry. But he does. he's not saying, like, you know, series or uh, how, how the game's going. He's just saying, like, that. that's the that's the objective as you go in. I just don't think that's a, a part of Henry's mentality whatsoever. And he also acknowledged, you know, what he saw in video could very well be partially mental, just coming back from it and not, you know, yeah. if you felt an awful sensation doing something, psychologically you're slower to do that thing again. So if cutting off the one foot hard – was causing some pain and originally is what did it, then he's probably going to be a little bit slower to do it, and that could just be him working through that in that video. And you could see some of that in the game on Saturday as well. Here's the other thing he has right in front of him by bringing the, the mentality of I'm in and I'm back. He has a chance to take what, what is already a superstar status to a completely different level because all eyes are on him, and it's three games to win a championship. So... You've got the biggest audience he's ever been in front of for three consecutive games as the guy who is back to help his team, putting his team first, um, and and carrying the team to a championship. Like that, that is what is next level for him beyond just okay, he's back, he's healthy, and he's he's the running back for the Tennessee Titans. There's a a bit of a legacy factor here with him as much as there is with. You know, the quarterbacks that haven't won a title oh, yet. I mean, if he comes back and leads them now after they got to this spot and he's the X factor like you would expect him to be in, in three wins to a Lombardi trophy, you know, that's super legacy stuff. Super. Well, Hunt, I'm glad you brought this up about the difference with the Titans as opposed to every other team because we've talked about kind of the national media cycle and how it's which way is the wind blowing now, and this is what everyone's going to start talking about. I saw this with Stephen A. Smith. I've seen this with others now. The same reasons that the Titans were boring and bland and no one wanted to talk about them throughout the regular season as a contender, suddenly with national talking heads has become, this is why the Titans are dangerous. They're so different, <laughs> right? It, 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 it trains from, something this fresh. is a boring team. Ryan Tannehill's not elite. Right. Uh, their offense doesn't put up a ton of points to now they see the Titans still there with the number one seed and say the Titans are a force to be reckoned with. I think Stephen A. Smith or someone said that today because look at how they're built and how they run the football and Derrick Henry and how different they are. It's just funny how this 
wave kind of goes throughout the year and throughout the postseason. I could put, I could completely understand why nationally people would look at Cincinnati in this game. Like I, I think they should look at the Titans, respect what they've done, think that Mike Vrabel's got an edge in this game based on his experience and all of that. But if I'm looking at this game from middle of America or 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 Pacific Northwest, Joe Burrow is the interesting uh, thing. And it's I'll, a quarterback league, and Joe I'll Burrow's it, on damn fire. And I'll so take is it Jamar a step Chase. further. I, I'm rooting for Cincinnati if I if I have no dog yeah. in the hunt. I want to see so the it's quarterback. A way, it's a way more fun more fun story. I mean, Joe Burrow and his swagger and a, a franchise that's been terrible, that's cheap, uh, a franchise that's been around longer than the Tennessee Titans has been around. I mean, it's a it's a way bigger national story. I get all of that. And I'll tell you who else probably gets it. The Titans. And the Titans are probably doing a pretty good job of playing care. that up. That they're well, I think that they, they do this all they're gonna the time. say they don't care. Right. But then they're gonna come out after the game and start talking about a chip nobody, on their shoulder because cares. nobody picked us. Everyone's Worst rooting against one us. Seed in no history. one wants to see the Titans here. Everybody's rooting for Cincinnati to advance. No one wants to see us. Sorry you have to come to Nashville. And that's great. If that works then then have at it. Well, so the the one thing that I think you have to keep in mind uh, with expectations of what we see Saturday is the 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 trio around Tannehill and with Henry coming back now, they've only been together. So Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, and Derrick Henry have been on the field together for 120 snaps all year. Out of 1,113 snaps, they were on the field together for 120. That's it. Um, so 120 out of what's the number again, Hutton, you said? 1,113. Wow. Now, if you want to say AJ and Henry, you know, that's probably, I haven't looked that up. That's probably between 350 and 400 snaps, maybe, you know, if they're all, you know, with, with what the injuries they went through and then Henry missing all the time until now, again, like we have not seen this offense with their star power and their, their horsepower and firepower together with the engine. Really, all year we What's saw it. In, we saw it in change? Seattle, and that was it. Ten point seven percent of the snaps with Hutton's numbers right there. Absolutely, ten point seven percent of the snaps has featured those three guys that we all coming into the season said this is this is the big three of guys on offense for the for the Titans. Obviously, outside of the quarterback. And look, ten percent. You've got no doubt about AJ Brown in this game. Derrick Henry, you 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 want to see those first two series and know about the foot. And Julio Jones had a good game in the last game, but has not done really hardly anything this season. So two out, uh, two out of three are back, but with question marks. And the Titans need to take away the question marks. You've said, like, take away the question marks, make them exclamation marks. Yep. Which is kind of, you know, a nice theme, a nice playoff theme. Well, and they – I know you wrote the, the preseason piece about pick your poison with this offense. They've never really they, had the, They've got to create that. Yeah, they've never created it. Well, more on this uh, coming up in the uh, third hour of the show where we flip the discussion back to Tannehill and compare him to the other quarterbacks and expectations of the postseason. We've got Dan Dockage coming up in about 35 minutes. When we come back, primary complaint on Outkick 360. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. I realized for about half the show yesterday, Paul, I was looking at the wrong camera the entire oh, yeah. game because we rearranged it a little it bit. I've, yeah, I've done that. Yeah, that, that. It's back to normal now. You know who you look set. like when you do that? Adam Gase. Oh, yeah, looking all around the studio? Yeah. <laughs> all bug-eyed. 
you know how I avoid that? I, camera. Yeah. Just never. <laughs> I just occasionally I'll glance up, but just talking to you guys. You only look at the camera when you demand the show. camera. When you demand the camera. My my face is what they would call non-essential. It is a non-essential <laughs> part of this show. So how I look into the camera, non-essential well, to the content your of the eyes out, If you intentionally bugged your eyes out, you would have a little Adam Gase in you. Wow. I'm, I'm sure I could. Uh, wow. I've never been offended more. Actually, that's, that's uh, Chad's biggest dream. Yeah. I, I've been I wanting, mean, Adam Gase is a rich I've man. been wanting for years to be really bad at my job and get paid millions <laughs> to keep it. So thank you. He's a rich, thank rich you, man. Paul. You're welcome. Uh, this kind of ties in to my primary complaint. Primary complaint each and every week at this time. So Mike Mayock has been fired by the Las Vegas Raiders. And yesterday, and even right now, there are people tweeting about Mike Mayock and what he's going to do next. And the questions of, oh, I wonder if Mayock is now going to take a year off instead of jumping back into TV because, you know, he's really not that credible anymore based on the track record with the, with the Vegas Raiders. To, to which I ask, how about the fired head coaches who have recently been on TV? Rex Ryan you can find on ESPN every Sunday, and we take his what he has to say and, and quote tweet that on a weekly basis. Um, Matt Millen has recently been on broadcast and probably still is, but was featured on a weekly basis for many years after his failure, complete failure in Detroit. Um, Eric Mangini, another one employed by ESPN for a, a few seasons there. And I will also ask this question. For those asking the question about, well, I wonder if Mike Mayock, who was really good on TV, can go back into TV because of what getting fired by the Raiders after, what, three or four years, because I'm not sure if he's credible anymore. I would, say, I would ask this question. What is your credibility to discussing the draft? We're all going to have opinions during draft season, and this guy is one of the best at it. I hope Mike Mayock goes straight back into TV. And for those that hope he takes a year off, well, that's my primary complaint. So my primary complaint this week, I want to thank the uh, provost office at Vanderbilt University for my complaint. And if you're watching right now, you're going to see a tweet. I'm going to explain it to you right now. So Vanderbilt University made the moronic decision to not allow students attend basketball games, even though they have a vaccine mandate for everyone at their university, uh, even though they decided to then sell those student tickets to Kentucky and Tennessee fans in the past two games so much so that the SEC network, who won't touch any member institution and criticize them, was all over Vanderbilt's moronic decision-making last night in their broadcast of the game. But hey, Vandy students, don't worry about it because your provost office, they've got you covered. Oh, yes, they've got virtual fan week <laughs> taking place right now. So guess what, guys? With your $100,000 or whatever you're paying a year to go to Vandy, you get to at halftime join a Zoom session where they're going to have premier season giveaways. You can sign up now on Anchor Link for your snack and swag bag with halftime trivia during that loss to Tennessee last night and what I assume will be a loss to Missouri on January 20th also because you cannot figure it out. Step aside if you can't. I want every university to have a group of media members in their region that they simply pick up the phone and call and say, hey, we're thinking about this. Is it a good idea? Yes or no? So we could all tell you, no, this is a terrible idea, and it's my primary complaint. My primary complaint, the Australian Open, Australia, Mel Gibson, anyone who 
Thought it was a great idea just to excommunicate the greatest tennis player perhaps in the history of the game, Novak Djokovic, because he refused to get a vaccine. Look, even in 1936, when the Olympics were there to just celebrate and propagate the Aryan race and its superiority, at least the Nazis even allowed Jesse Owens and 17 of his Olympic black Olympic teammates into the country. Let's face it, this is not about Novak Djokovic and his ability to... Uh, make someone else sick or being a threat to anyone else's health. This is only a threat to your power. You're afraid that they would see an unvaccinated person and he's not sick and he's not making other people sick and he's free. And this would be a threat to your power. Australia, you're my primary complaint. How about that? Those, those cheese balls over there, Reed. Go back to his. Sorry, Paul. But he, what cheese balls? I couldn't, I couldn't distract from the massive amount of cheese balls. Does Ellie want one oh, behind look, you? We made Ellie laugh. That's a first. Yeah, oh. guys, let's let's mark yeah, so it down. For those listening, last time that happened Reed, was September seventeenth, twenty twenty one. That Ellie laughed on this. Reed show. has these these nacho cheese balls back here, and uh, they're not just in a bag. These are in like the uh, the the largest bucket. It's like a three times the size of a gumball machine. It's only a pound and a half. Hey, you know where you can't get those cheese balls? Australia. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> they were unvaccinated. That's right. My primary complaint is for uh, Twitter draftnik hanger-ons, hanger-oners, whatever. If you're, if you're ever on Twitter and you see a draft guy put out a clip, boy, I really like uh, Player X cornerback from University of Nowhere. Watch the comments come on here from other Twitter draftnik. Oh, yeah, I was just looking at him last week. I really love his lateral quickness. Yeah, sure you were. Um, (laughs) I I mean, there are three more comments like this with people latching on, and they all latch on to each other. These are not the Dane Bruglers, uh, the high-level guys, but this small, not small cluster, the cluster after them, who all try to gain credibility by latching on to each other's opinions and trying to create some kind of consensus. It drives me insane, and it happens constantly. I can handle it to a degree when they're watching a game on a college football Saturday, but when somebody's throwing up a random clip on college basketball Wednesday, it makes me insane. makes me want to have a switch that I can follow all the draft people for a certain time, and then when I'm sick of them, I just turn them all off. And then I could turn them, turn them back option. on. It's just like I could, Seasonally ba- I could, mute I could bear it right now. But yeah, they, they're starting to come right back now. out right at, well, they already, they're out during bowl season. Like you, someone, you're right. Someone make a play and be like, yeah, he's, he's the third rated corner on my list. And then you have all these people that, that ahead of so-and-so they're not following, but they're responding saying, yeah, I, I've got them there too, because of this. And they probably, as for your watched. Mayock thing, I would say this. Like, if he wasn't busy drafting these guys with the Raiders, he would have been rating them very highly in the consensus. So he saved us from Cleland Farrell being uh, much yeah. higher on the draftnik boards. He's great on media. He sucked as a GM. So bring him back where he's good. Well, I mean, and the the – well, the, he, but also there's it, a lot of failed coaches and general managers who are in media now. But this is, and I hate this. And they have more credibility than the people that will pretend to know or have watched anything about the college football but, season during but the who, draft. So he sucked as a GM. Well, now we're getting these reports that it was John Gruden making the call on Cleveland Furl, and that Mike Mayock was badly wanting. I forget who the player was. It's great. 
that he wanted in that draft. And he did. We always have this where, well, now suddenly someone gets fired and, oh, it was the head coach comes out. that made that decision. It really wasn't him. I'd like to know. I'd like to know. But I, I, well, I'm, he said I'm with you guys. I think he's over. the very you know, best he, at, at talking draft. He's great. Communicating it. I, I hope he goes he's right back great. to that. Yeah, and, it, and he made, he makes it entertaining, and he gives. I mean, for NFL Network, NFL Network should absolutely want him. Here's another as a part question: of that coverage. Uh, Raiders related. We could head up for ten seconds here. Should other teams be interviewing Rich Basakia? Yes, I mean they Mike were interviewing Florio him before. This. They were interviewing him before. While they're interviewing other coaches, he should be interviewing with other teams. I think. Yeah, I mean it's. Uh, I mean, you can only interview if someone invites you for an yeah, interview. Well, other teams should be inviting him. Yeah. With all the teams inviting about 10 to 15 Zoom meetings, this guy should be a part of it in some way, for sure. Especially with all the current players that are backing him. You know, you've got some of the biggest names on that roster going on national radio and TV shows. When they're asked who they want their head coach to be, they say him. Some all-time greats, And the guy's already been fired. From Tampa. Headlines when we return, including coaching movement around the NFL. 